Hello, and welcome to the Stupid Sequels Podcast, where we find truly terrible movies and give them all the attention they don't deserve. Each episode, we'll discuss exactly what made such a horrible sequel, from casting to budget to just plain bad writing. While we all love a great movie, there's something just a little more fun about watching a seriously stupid sequel. Now, while there are plenty of awful sequels out there, we have a few guidelines about the kind of movies we'll be reviewing here. We're talking about direct-to-video, made-for-TV, never-appeared-in-a-theater sequels. The ones the studios gave up on before they even started. This week, my guest is Danny Chavez, and we will be discussing The Sandlot 2, the sequel to The Sandlot. How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Are you sure? Uh, yes, You're I not going to have a heart attack? <sighs> Hopefully or not. Or a stroke? I hope not. Your I mean, dog's not going to die? No, no, I don't have no, we don't have dogs at the house yet. We can't take care of ourselves yet. I am razzing the shit out of this one because this is our sixth try at recording this motherfucking it, wait, episode it's not a six I thought it, it was is three. sixth oh well yeah because there were the initial three cancellations one of which i will take responsibility oh, for Pictures. and then you canceled last saturday and then you canceled yesterday yeah so um, this is number six you know the important thing though is that <laughs> he's here. here i made it so this, now really glad you, you, you invited me to, to do this i, I definitely want to support so Yes, I af- after uh, getting Sherwin on to listen, we finally other people at work aren't as terrified to come on the podcast now. No, but um, this is my first time on the microphone, but you know what? Let's do it. Like, I'm going to kill it. Fun. Hopefully. You got it. <laughs> All right. Um, so just for comparison, the original got a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I feel is really low. What's, I mean, what's like the usual standard or what would you say is like a rating that usually gets considers a movie to be a good one i mean above 80 i mean it got an 89 percent on audience reviews but mm-hmm. critically it got a 56 which i'm like i don't know i think of sandlot as like the classic basketball like the classic baseball movie right so it just seems insane that it would get such a low rating yeah i you know i think with you as well because you have a lot more in depth of uh you dissect the movies a lot more yeah I, my my analysis on it is i didn't look at the ratings but i just really looked at the acting between both the movies and yeah and them, you know but um and that's tricky in any any movie that features a lot of kid actors yeah the acting is always going to be a little bit a little bit shaky i mean the sequel got a 40 percent, so we're looking at really only a 16 percent difference between the two which i feel like between the two movies like it should have been more it should have been a lot more. more for sure yeah so the original came out in 1993 with a budget of 7 million and it made 33.8 at the box office uh, and then the sequel came out in 2005, but they were like ready to make it right away afterwards. Um, oh, they jumped right into it. Yeah, they were really ready to jump into it, but it was just a matter of everyone's schedules. But the only people who uh, are shared between the two films are uh, James Earl Jones mm-hmm. and the director, um, David Mickey Evans, who's also the writer. Okay. Um, he did uh, some of the Beethoven sequels. He did the Ace Ventura Jr. sequel. He's right. a... He's, he's uh, going to be big on our podcast. I can feel it. <laughs> That's um, good. Well, educate me on him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, in the original, we have Karen Allen is Small's mom, and she's in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And we have Dennis Leary as the stepdad. Uh-huh. And then uh, Marley Shelton as Wendy Peppercorn. But really, like, no one else of note came out of that movie. No. I mean, out of the ones that really stood out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of agree there. I actually... I was really fond of the, the, the characters in the, in the original a lot more. Yeah, definitely. Um, can you just get a little bit closer up on it? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, cool. 
Um, but yeah, the the first one felt a lot more genuine, for lack of a better word. Like it just felt like, oh, this is just kids playing baseball and trying to have the best summer of their mm. lives. And the second one is like, we're doing a sports movie. Look at these kids. Look at their hijinks. Like <laughs> it just felt very formulaic. No, I definitely felt like it was the, their goal was just to hey, let's just redo. Let's do it the, again. The, the do it again and. I really wanted some more, something a little bit significantly different in regards to the plot. Yeah, and to even have the semi-main character of the second one be Smalls' little brother, we're assuming. Right. Um, There's, like, no reference to the other kids except for, like, oh, no, there was a beast last time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then it just shifts on really quickly. Like, just make it a different Sandlot in a different town. And, different, you know. Yeah, different. The only thing they I did like that they did, and I was going to bring this up later, but um, the fact that they threw in uh, a girl now. So they, they, yes. they tie in the, the idea of, of a kind of a little love story, right? Girl, yeah. Because that's always something that's like people like to see in movies and it just catches people's attention. A very uh, a league of their own moment of mm-hmm. like, oh, girls can't play baseball. No, absolutely. Um, so in the original movie, they had Benny and Smalls, the actors who played them, meet up a couple weeks before the other kids did so they could really bond and have a close friendship. Uh-huh. Um, and the other kids, when they met them, thought they had actually been friends for years by the time they met. Um, James Earl Jones hates baseball. Fun fact. Really? <laughs> for being in one of the biggest baseball movies <laughs> of all time. He hates baseball. He's like, mm-hmm. Um, and it was insanely hot the entire time they were shooting this movie. Like, kids passed out on the field all the time. Where was this filmed? Um, it was filmed in 1993. No, but where? Oh, um, I can't remember. The only day it was below 90 degrees was the day they shot at the pool, and it was 56 degrees that day. Oh, jeez. So if you look, all the kids are shivering the shit in the the pool. They're so cold. (laughs) Um... So, getting into the sequel, it's 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 just it's very formulaic of like, well, this is what worked in the last one, so let's just do that again. Um, yeah, there wasn't, I don't know, I, I, that I had that initial feeling. The min, I mean, just from the first ten minutes of it, I was just like, this is exactly like. Did they just? maybe make a couple changes to like the, the the script a little bit like this was the first then, draft script and they just like put it through as another movie yeah absolutely but they do like a like a previously on the sandlot like they're like oh this is you know the story of um an alliance of kids fighting for the great ball mm-hmm. and now a kid with magic shoes i'm like were you guys watching a different so movie I, I thought that was corny i thought like the initial like recap on the on the you know let's give a little re- yeah. recap of what happened in the first sandlot. I'm like no dude if you watch the first, if you watch the second Sandlot, you're probably already watched the first one. Like, yeah. You know, but like, and especially I, I watched them back to back. So oh, right, right, right. you really felt it. But the, the, the language they use is just like the magic suge and the alliance <laughs> of children and the battle for the future. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like the movie was not that grandiose. Well, it, and was, was it the, um, is it Johnny Small? Not Johnny Smalls. Who, what's the name of the Smalls in the first, in, in the first Sandlot? I didn't just know him as Smalls. I thought Shoot. that I thought that he he's the one narrating in Sandlot Two. Yeah, he's right? the one narrating in Sandlot One, but no, it's his. I think it's his brother narrating in Sandlot Two. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I think they had to make the brother as young as he was because it was like, well, there was no brother around last movie, so. Yeah, I think I actually think this entire cast was probably one or two years younger. Yeah. In regards to average age, they seemed a lot younger. Yeah. Um. 
they they were definitely getting to me a little bit. I was like, as far as the the, the theatrical side of the thing, you yeah. know, like you you coming from with uh, you know having a background in yeah. theater, you're a lot more kind of critical of it. I only did it for two years, but like with but still like I was kind of like oh, these lines could be a lot more these transitions all this stuff you know. But the humor just seemed a lot younger too. Like it was a lot more like. Uh, Slapstick. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is 10 years later from the original. So it's taking place in 1972. Um, and so Johnny Smalls is the little brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so he and David Vincent Durango are the, the main two. They're the, the Benny Best and the friends. Smalls of the last one. And But Johnny hates baseball. He hates Yeah, it. he likes rockets. He likes rockets. Rockets are his life. I thought that was cool. Like, it made me kind of when I go back in time and be like, I wish I would have maybe did things with rockets too. I yeah. don't know, like had a little hobby like that. I was almost interested they didn't make the movie happen in 1969 and just make it like a moon landing. Like, oh, this kid saw the moon landing, moon landing fever. And it's like, <laughs> nope, 1972, just right mm-hmm. along. And that was just so they could put the one black kid in like literally the 1970s Halloween costume. Oh, I, that guy's cool. Just the brown fringe, <laughs> the, the afro cool. headband. He's like, it's the 70s if you couldn't tell. I'm like, I could. Thank you, one black kid. His, his, like, opening, li- his opening line was when he sees, uh, was it Heather? I think so. Um, when he sees her and, and says something like, wow, she's like, he has this line that he says, but he just says it with like a little bit of swagger. And I was like, I like him. He's like, like she's <laughs> one groovy lady. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. God. Like, um. So he, um, Johnny is the summer between sixth and seventh grade, and he's like, it's the, uh, it's the decade when you decide to start down the path of greatness or hate yourself. I'm like, aren't we all there <laughs> all the time? Every day. Um, so he's like kind of introducing the other characters. He's introducing David, and he's like, David was really fast. And in case you didn't know, David was really fast. If he makes any movement, they do like a cartoon whoosh noise. Oh like, my god! Because the, the girl <laughs> drops her papers, and he like bends down and picks them up, and she's like, "Wow, yeah. you're really fast." Well, I'm like, there was a lot of unnecessary like slow motion, like let's uh, like this huge intent, let's make this sound look really intense when it's yeah. like a ball just rolling, or you know, like things. Oh like my that. god, he hit the ball! <laughs> yeah, yep. it's a baseball field. I hope he would. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a quick intro of the other kids. We meet um the token black kid whose name is Tark. We meet the token fat friend whose name is Mac. Mac. And then we meet uh, the brothers Sammy and Saul. Saul's, a, Saul's death. I think, uh, right? Sammy's death. Sammy's death. So Saul's the older brother and Sammy is his deaf little brother. They call him Fingers. I'm like, you're going to be popular in college. I actually really <laughs> liked, I really liked that they threw him in there only because you don't really see that many movies where they tie in like a deaf, no. like somebody, and he, he could have been playing it as a deaf person, but. And it was never a joke. No, it was like. It just it was really cool to, to have that incorporated in Yeah. You no. Know? And even when he's introduced to other characters, they're like, This is Sammy, he's deaf, but he can read lips, so just look at him when you talk. Like mm-hmm. yeah. moving right along. Like, there's like, nothing wrong with him. Yeah, know? and he was a little Keeping asshole. A it wasn't like, Oh, I'm disabled, so I'm like the perfect oh, yeah. child. He's a little asshole too. So I'm like, Thank you for like not making him just like the token angel of he's the like, group. He's like he's like the uh the squint of Yeah, he's Sam the squints of definitely. this one. Oh, because he had eye problems and he has uh uh-huh. And he went to the kissing booth. Yes, he did. <laughs> he was asking for it. Um, so basically, they're worried that the Little League team is going to try to take over the Sandlot and make it like a second practice field. They didn't really ever come back to the Little League kids. Um, no. It, it immediately tra- switched over into making it about whether the girls are, are going to play softball on there yeah. or whether the boys are going to play baseball. Yeah. 
And it, it, there was a very fine line. I'm like, they're not playing baseball. They're playing softball. <laughs> I'm like, chill. Completely unrelated. Like, it's, it's actually kind of similar. It's exactly basically everything. I played softball for a grand total of one season in sixth grade. And the day before tryouts, I knocked this tooth out. Oh, no way. Yeah, that's why it's a different color. Dang. I kind of got a story. Um, Sandlot, the reason I chose this movie was because it was a childhood movie mm-hmm. that I really liked. But I remember watching this movie when I was like, I think 10 or 11. My best friend lived three houses down and we used to go. We used to play catch all the time. But after I watched Sandlot, we were playing catch one time. And I looked at him and I was like, hey, man, here comes the heater. And I went and launched it at him as hard as I could. Mm-hmm. And I threw it so fast, he wasn't ready for it. It just hit him right in the cheek. And I felt like such an oh, asshole. No. I felt so bad. But a great memory. Yeah. And I'll always tie that to watching Sandlot. Oh, my God. Here comes the heater. Oh, oh he ain't ready just... for the heater. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, Johnny comes to the Sandlot because he wants to launch a rocket. And he accidentally launches it into their little dugout and he lights it on mm-hmm. fire. Right. And so Haley lives like on a house that like the fence is shared with the sandlot. So she comes over with her hose and she's like, I guess you can put the sandlot out. I guess you don't want You're the right. whole neighborhood to burn down. Um, and all the other kids are convinced that Johnny tried to burn down the sandlot on purpose because he's he's with those little league kids. I'm like, why would the little league? And, and in their book, he's like the lame one. Burn it down. Yeah. Like, you, you don't play baseball. He's like, a little nerd. Cool. Right. I could just see like the smalls from the first movie being like, Johnny, you have to like baseball. You don't understand him. Be like, yeah. no, I like rockets. Thanks, though. Yeah, I'm a rebel. <laughs> um, so Haley, Haley's rule is, you know, I'll help you put out the sandlot, but then you have to be my, my slave for the whole summer. So she's making him rake the yard and mm-hmm. do all this stuff. And she meets uh their her parents and her mom is like like the cartoon 1970s feminist like right. he's like hey kiddo how you doing he's like uh don't use pet names with our daughter it's demeaning to her and it says that she's not equal to a man i'm like oh no <laughs> oh no please don't let this be her whole character it was but thankfully she was only in two scenes i paid like no attention to the mom so i'm glad you're telling me this yeah she was <laughs> kind of terrible and then the dad is just like vibrating out of the skin with nerves the whole movie i'm like why are you so shaky like i like is it supposed to be like oh he's got like a mean wife so he's like a coward i don't know uh but he's played by uh greg cornan he's from ally mcbeal if you watched that forever ago uh but he works Mm. for nasa so of course johnny's like ha ha yeah goals that's like his he's obviously trying to go there see what he's doing all the time yeah um and so he sees the dad's workshop and it's full of rockets and the sister in the and Haley, not Heather, sorry. Haley is like, uh uh-uh, uh, you gotta stay out of there. That's top secret. My dad works for NASA. This guy had six locks on his door. I know. It's intense. There was a rocket in it. like is that Fully even, functional rocket. Th- that really wouldn't be a thing. No. They would not let you take they, that, that rocket. It was very home. like let's let's Hollywood this out. Like, yeah. You know. As as having a dad who worked for Boeing, you you did not get to bring any work home. <laughs> not a paperclip, not a post-it. Uh, it's intense. So, uh, my dad worked for uh, Boeing post nine eleven, and he had like a super high security clearance. Uh-huh. And it was actually the summer I played softball, and we had dads from other teams that I played against walk up to my dad and go. Uh, so I was like filling my car up at the gas station and a black SUV pulled up and they got out of the car and they were like, do you know John's John? And he was like, 
yeah and he goes do you know what he does for a living he goes i i know he works for boeing he goes but do you know what he does and he goes no and they go good and we just leave and we, we had so many family friends just like black suvs pull up ask questions right. about us and leave that's interesting to like make sure that we weren't like spilling government secrets yeah it was intense what did he what did he do i don't know Oh. oh, you didn't even know. It was I like, don't he know. He just couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't tell yeah, you. He was working on military stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It's insane. Hey, that's when you, people are probably like, oh, you got a cool dad. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool dad. And, but he's off that project now, so I can freely speak about it, even though I still don't know what it was. Mystery continues. <laughs> so they're putting the sandlot back together, Johnny and Haley. They're watering it. They're raking it. They're rebuilding the dugout. Um, and the other guys get back and they're like, ew, they turned it into a dollhouse. It's all pink and girly and they're playing softball. Ugh. They're <laughs> losing their minds. Um, and it just, it's like every action that any of these kids make, there's like a cartoon sound effect noise yeah. played over it. Well, plus, I mean, it's just the music that they were choosing too for a lot of this stuff. Yes. Like it was, it was a lot of like rock, like classic rock music yeah i was hearing but i just didn't it didn't go well with the with the energy or the vibe of the scene at all no like they were like well me off the whole time we got the rights to this 1970s song so let's just play it it's like it didn't go though and you you mentioned at the beginning uh when we first started talking about like this uh, sandlot one and sandlot two are were directed by the same director yeah and produced by the same yep that's surprising yeah. So he must have lost some magic. And this guy ended up doing Sandlot 3, which, ooh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Because I just watched the trailer for it and was like... Oh, really? No. Absolutely not. I'm not, not. going to watch this. this like, There's the time one. travel involved. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. But... It looks terrible. <laughs> I'll stop that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend that there didn't happen. Um, so Haley says that all the boys are male chauvinist pigs, and she's a liberated woman, and anything they can do, she can do better. I'm like, I love you. I love you, Haley. Kick ass. Um, and they're like get off our field and she's like no and they're like are you deaf sorry fingers that was rude anyway I'm like look at you being considerate aww <laughs> like, it was kind of cute um, so, they had a little standoff yeah and she's got her little girl posse there and she says uh, she'll bet them the sandlot that she can outpitch uh, Mac mm-hmm. and he's like Oh man, she's serious like Gloria Steinem. I'm like, first of all, what 12-year-old would know who Gloria Steinem was? Second of all, what is the comment? Wait, who is Gloria Steinem? <laughs> oh no, I'm going to hit you. Yeah, I'm sorry. She's <laughs> an incredibly famous feminist icon. She uh she wrote I was a Playboy Bunny. She did that undercover expose where she like worked at the Playboy Mansion for like a month, I think. Um she's Christian Bale's stepmother, fun fact. Um, but no, she's like the feminist icon and she's mm-hmm. amazing. Got it. But to say like she's serious like Gloria Steinem, it's like saying like, I, oh man, she's brave like Ted Cruz. Like it doesn't mean anything. Right. It, it just is like, we, we picked a name because it was a feminist and we said it. Just throw it in there. <laughs> um, so she pitches like a motherfucking cannon. Yeah, and no, that was... It was impressive. Which, Definitely better than the, the the guys were pitching. Oh, better than the guys pitching. But they weren't used to pitch. I mean, they can't pitch underhand, obviously. No. And they were like, you can't pitch underhand. And she's like, there's nothing against it in the rules. I'm like, you're playing on a sandlot. There, there's no rules against anything because your kid's playing in a sandlot. Yeah. Like, Unless they had their, their house rules. But even maybe. Then, but even then. Yeah. Um, and some people say, like, oh, pitching underhand, it isn't that fast. 
I will say there was a girl when I played softball and she would um she would walk a player every game because she would nail them and you'd have a bruise the size of a basketball on your arm or your leg or your side for like weeks she pitched like a cannon and she was 13 damn that doesn't sound fun getting hit by that no I only played for one season for a reason <laughs> um so David decides he's gonna pitch it for Mac he's like well if you're gonna pitch underhanded we can swap players and so she keeps pitching and he keeps hitting foul balls and pitching and foul and pitching and, and I foul I thought David was actually gonna go in there and hit it uh, oh, I was, like, I was really disappointed when he didn't yeah. I was like damn I was like I thought he was gonna go in there and bang one out so they go literally until the sun goes down, um, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll carry this on tomorrow." And then we see this kid like sitting in a treehouse watching them play. Oh my god! I was so confused when I saw that. I was like, "I was like, who is that?" I was, I was just like, "What are they thinking? What's what is that?" And I thought that was supposed to be like one of the little leaguers, like aha, a rift in the sandlot. Mm-hmm. He's not. We'll get to him later. He yeah. makes even less sense when we get to him. Um. And so David is walking home, and he sees a dog, and just full, like, Vietnam vet, like, freezes, has PTSD. And you know what they did again? What? They went and did that in slow motion. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. There's a dog. Yeah. <gasps> and it was actually a really fluffy dog. Like, no no, no one, it was not no, scary at all. It was, like, was being like, walked by a six-year-old girl, and right. David just, like, freezes. I'm like, so David has issues with dogs? Is that what we're getting into? Like, how are they going to tie, is it they're mm. going to uh, tie this back to uh, Goliath? No. Somehow that's how they did it. Oh, oh! You don't ruin it. <laughs> don't ruin it. Because literally, when that line that. came, I I wanted to hit my screen. <laughs> um, so Johnny has cleaned up the field even more, and he's like, "I wasn't sent by the little league team. I don't know who the little team is. Mm-hmm. I don't even play baseball." Okay, it was like they wrote his lines with an accent in mind, and the kid couldn't do it because literally he goes. Sir, I don't know no singleton, and I don't know nothing about no baseball. I'm like, yeah, it was weird. So you heard that kid talk, and you weren't like, so maybe we should like change those lines. And he's like, no, I don't know baseball, and I don't know singleton. But it was like, I don't know nothing about no baseball, good sir. I'm like, what is he doing? They like were making him sound, or at least his his scripts were like more mature than what he could really do. Yeah, right. Granted, like, yes, granted, he's like a geeky little you know kid with who does rockets. And, and he stuff, refers but. to everyone by sir. Like kids who are yeah. a year older than me. He's like, no, sir, I don't know what you mean. I'm like, well, I don't get what his character is supposed to be. Because like, I guess like Smalls in the first movie was like a nerd. But he wasn't mm-hmm. like a, like a, you know, an Urkel nerd. Where he's like, right. I don't know, sir. Like, he was just a normal kid who was a little bit nerdy. Um, and then they're like, well, you're a boy. So go tell the girls to leave. And he's like. The guys want you to leave. And then the girls are like, well, you're Haley's friend, so tell them to leave. And they literally just make him run back and forth between for, the two of them. For 20 million times. Yeah. Like, I it's a like, full... they're really gonna... Okay. It's a full minute on the screen. I'm like, this isn't funny. Actually, the min- the minute that portion is over, too, they transition into a new scene, and I forget what scene it goes into. But <clears throat> literally, this is what happens on the screen. You know how like PowerPoints when you hit the effects mm-hmm. and it just does like a, it just slides to the left. Yeah, that's how they panel into the scene. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, it was 2005. By it was if this was made 2005, they already had like effects to do something yeah. better. I was really, I was just like, oh my god, oh man, what kind of a transition. To I was in a PowerPoint that? presentation today, and you won't believe it. Cross dissolve. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we're we're teaching you guys how to really produce today. Whoa. Um. So they go back and forth, back and forth, and finally Johnny goes. Why don't you guys just play together? Duh. 
because there are only six guys and there are only three girls and you Mm -hmm. need nine for a baseball team and then they can beat the little league team which never happens by the way they never play the little league team never played them at all they just disappeared huh no so the other two girl players are jenny and penny and it's not important who is who because they're completely identical to each other yeah Um, they only have a couple lines yeah um and pretty much penny walks up to mac to like shake on it and he's like man you know Haley and david really hate each other and she's like no they're in love you're an idiot. They met yesterday. They have spoken maybe three words together. And her friend's like, no, no. They're in they, love. They, she she went and talked to her friends already that next that next evening was like, okay, I like the guy. Yeah. And he's like, wait, don't they hate each other? And she's like, uh, same thing. I'm like, truth, girlfriend. Truth <laughs> at that age. Um, so they decide to start practicing together. They're sipping lemonade, eating cookies in the new dugout. Um, they actually like the new dugout once they're inside it. And David's all mad. He's like, we're going to get soft sitting in this girly dugout. Um, well, they had food. Yeah. And drinks. So that's, those are two, I mean, two good perks, but it was pink. Yeah. Yeah. So it's awful. Um, so then they go to the little league field just to Brazum, I'm guessing. And uh, Singleton, who's the, you know, proverbial rich kid, comes over. And they do the insult battle back and forth. Which, in the original movie, like... Way better. Every line of it is perfect. Like, you know... You lick your mama's toe jam. Like, I could... Oh, my God. It's so good. And this one is like, your mom wears combat (laughs) boots. I'm like, huh? Well, I noticed in... Not only in that scene, but in some others, too. But especially during this time... They kept leaving so many gaps, like too long of gaps between the next line. Yes. So during this part too, when they were going back and forth, I was just like, one, "You need to edit like quicker yeah, between the." Exactly. Yeah, and then it's weird. Like you could tell they had to like edit things down. Like OPG now is a little bit stricter because they're like, "You run like a female dog." I'm like, couldn't say bitch. Like, <laughs> you couldn't let thirteen year old say bitch. But it ends with the ever, the ever, you know, worst of the burns. You, you play ball like a girl. Dun, dun, dun. Which they said to a group of girls. And the girls are like, excuse? Uh, throw down. Yeah, I'm going to kick your ass. It was disappointing. It was disappointing that that whole exchange wasn't as like yeah. as hype as it was in, in, in the original Sandlot. In case you haven't heard the original Sandlot, which, oh my God, what are you doing with your life? Here is the original. Am I good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats? Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot. Moron. Scab eater. Butt sniffer, yeah. puss licker, fart smeller. <laughs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You make your weed with your mama's toe jam. Yeah. You bob grapples in the toilet and you like it. You play ball like a girl. And here's the insult from the second. Okay, speaking of sweeping up, you girls keeping our new practice diamond all clean and tidy for us? Watch your mouth, yeah, jerk! Yeah. Shut up, Porky! Lurch! Your mama wears combat boots! Your mama's so ugly when you were born, they slapped her! <laughs> Gomer Pile! Hippie! Shut up, Porky! Yeah, you already said that, idiot! Yeah, well, you're still fat, moron! You're a fart-sniffing, road-apple-chewing, <laughs> scab-licking female dog! Yeah. I ain't done yet! You're ugly! Your mama dresses you funny! You stink like dough fungus! And you ride the short school bus! Yeah! Yeah, but you play ball like a girl! Excuse me? What did you say? You heard me. Doesn't even come close. At all. 
Doesn't come close. Um, so after they go through this, you know, heated insult battle, they're like, we need to go to the carnival to calm down. I'm like, just literally scene for scene copy from the original. Um, so they go into the freak house, the like the freak show house to look at the Bigfoot oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, where you have like the, you know, like the funky mirrors that like um, morph your body and they yeah. have different like. The fun house mirrors. Yeah, yeah. And David sees another dog and he has another panic attack. And we see he has this giant bite mark on his ankle. Yeah. And I'm like, so he got bit by a dog. Is that what we're telegraphing yeah. in this scene? Like, he got bit by a dog. Okay. And that was like a very, um, I don't know, like the way he overly played that, like how scared he was. But yeah. it was, it, I thought it was, I thought it was actually like a, a fake Bigfoot that they had to display that scared him. Wasn't oh, that it? is. Yeah, they bring out a fake Bigfoot and, then and that's he gets what, scared. That's what scared him. That's right, which makes even less sense. I don't I, know. I, I guess I just can't imagine being that scared of like something kind of traumatizing you, traumatizing you like that when you're younger. But yeah, I guess. Anyways. But it's it, like every time he does it, it's like a full like minute stop, like slow mo. You hear his heart pounding, like the yeah. screen doubles. All like the... it's a big deal. Um. So then. Um, to kind of echo the scene at the pool from the first movie, we see fingers go down to the kissing booth uh, while the rest of them go on a tilt to whirl and he's not tall enough so he like puts on a giant pair of shoes yeah. and a top hat <laughs> and the girl's like you seem kind of young, just on the cheek okay, and he's like okay and just and he pulls a squints, lays one on her <laughs> and they're like yanking him off I was him. so happy for him <laughs> and he steals her gum, which is so gross, wait what, that happened? yeah, cause she's chewing bubble gum, I'm like ew you're chewing gum working at a kissing booth, what's wrong with you and when they finally like get him off her, she goes, and he took my gum. And when he's riding away on his bike, he's blowing a bubble with her gum. I'm like, ew. Oh, wow. ew. I, didn't, I didn't even notice that part. Were, were kissing boots like a thing? Before? They were. Because I, I can't imagine like that ever happening now. I can't see the appeal. Like, think about how many people probably got herpes back then with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. I saw that and I was just like, well, like that really had, that, that, I guess it was a normal thing to see at carnivals. Yeah. No, I like... I can't imagine a situation where I would A, work a kissing booth, B, like, aha, I see someone I would like to kiss, I will pay them a dollar. Like, <laughs> the struggle's real. I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta do. No. You got a dollar, man? <laughs> I've been kissing a while. <laughs> you probably have a lot of hobos, like, trying to collect change. Like, that would suck. If you were, uh, if oh, you no. were, if you were a girl at a kissing booth and there was a bunch of hobos around and your boss is like, you can't say no, we gotta make money. <laughs> it's for the <laughs> children. <would> <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, so then the next day, it's Little League versus the Sandlot. Um, Haley strikes out Singleton, like, without trying. Yeah, that was cake. Um, David is just uh, hypnotized by her hair. She's got hair, like, down to her butt. She's got long freaking hair. Right. And she always just lets it down while she plays bas- baseball. I keep saying basketball, I'm sorry. She keeps just letting it hang loose. I'm like, that would, A, be so sweaty. And B, get in your way. Put your hair up, girl. Like... <laughs> It was like this actress is like, I've got long hair and big eyes and I'm going to use them. We want we want her to showcase that. This was her one and only movie. Really? The girl who played Haley. She did this and nothing else ever again. Even now, she's not... Nope, nothing. Her IMDb page is a single entry. Sandlot 2. I'm like, damn. Like... I can't... And you can't even call... You can't even call her a one-hit wonder. Because no. Because like, on Sandlot 2. Were you like the director's friend? Were, like, what right. was it? Like... 
I don't know. Because she wasn't bad compared, I mean, compared to the rest of the cast, she was equal with the rest of them. Yeah. And the rest of them had other acting stuff, but she was just that one thing. Um, I wouldn't have guessed. No. So she hits a, a home run, or she almost hits a home run, because it goes and it hits this giant wall of junk, which is no, built up. Of washers and dryers. Yeah. At least that's what I see when I look at the wall. Yeah. So like they've built this giant like wall between... Uh, you know the house where where the bees used Mr. to live, Myrtle's and the sandlot, Mr. Myrtle, and then the sandlot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this wall is twenty feet tall. Yeah. So it hits the wall and like ricochets down, and she's just rounding the bases, rounding the bases. And when Singleton sees she's about to round home, he hits her in the stomach. Oh yeah, because he was pissed. Because he's like, Cause he's oh like, no, wanna, I'm gonna get beat by a girl. Right, right. And so David punches him in the face. No, that that that, that kid deserved it. For yeah. Sure. And it's like, David took his first steps into manhood. I'm like, okay. If you want to call it that. I think um, uh, I think Singleton and like the antagonist group of baseball players in Sandlot 2 compared to the antagonist other team of baseball players in Sandlot 1, Sandlot 1 did a lot better a job yeah. of like provoking and, 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 you know, getting like all that tension built, right? Yeah, you saw why the rivalry re-existed and then like, it was a build to, and now we're going to play this great <laughs> right. game. Like, this was just like, I don't like you. I don't like you. Game? Like, yeah. that was it. Um, but there's something about the narration where they're like, would David come to her rescue like a brave knight coming to marry his princess? I'm like, there, there is too much what, over narrating. Why sure. are you narrating this? Like, we saw what happened. Like, the girl got hit. He defended her. Great. Mm-hmm. We figured it out. Like, the narration in the first one told us stuff we didn't know. Right. And the one in the second one was just like, we're going to narrate what's happening very dramatically the, for no reason. Like, like they want to give you like a pre-narration of what's literally about to happen in the next 30 seconds. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just let it, just, just let, let it, it happen. Out. Just let it happen. Um, so, uh, Johnny says that that day they set loose a force of nature between the three of them, right? That's when they yeah. connected or something, right? That, that David, Johnny, and Haley would be tied together forever by the forces of nature right. by an event that would occur on the 99th day of summer. And I'm like, building this up a lot. Like, I don't think it's going to be as great as you think it is <laughs> unless something very unexpected is going to happen. Um, so one week later, Mac gets an aluminum bat and he does what no one has done before. He hits a ball over the junk wall. Whoa, oh my god, no one's bang, ever done bang, that. Bang, bang. And they're like, okay, let's just climb over the wall and we'll uh, get the ball. And Smalls freaks the fuck out. Yeah. It's the first time you've ever seen him like have interest in a game. He could have been more dramatic, too. Yeah, he but... like charges them down and like <clears throat> tackles them. He's like, you can't go over the wall? Don't you know about the beast? And they're like, huh? And they, it's like, oh they, yeah, you well, guys no, have they, only lived here for three years. They call it, I don't know if they called it uh, this, uh, they called it the Great Fear. Oh, the I Great Fear, that's in right. In Sandlot 2, but in Sandlot 1, I don't think they called it anything. It's the Beast. It's the Beast, right? So here they just call it the Great Fear. The Great Fear, yeah. And so basically what he has them do is he's like, okay, here's this crack in the wall. Look through it, but be very quiet. And you just see like, Monster Dog. And it's like, oh my god, it's the Great yeah. Fear. I think one of the biggest things, though, that I would critique both movies for is I personally didn't like how they overplayed how big this dog was. Well, I think it just would be like when you're a kid, that, that big dog from the neighborhood is like, it, it was the size right. of a bear, which is how big it feels when you're eight, you know? Yeah, yeah, good point, good point. 
it is it's different watching it now but mm-hmm. i can see when you're 13 or 14 you can kind of you'd be like okay that's, that's how bad. it feels a little bit um i this is gonna be an unpopular opinion i was not the biggest fan of dogs when i was a kid because any dog i ever met bit me oh you got really i got bit all the time and i was like oh were you like playing with them wrong were you like messing with them literally one time i was sitting on a lawn chair not doing anything and a dog bit me by the ear and pulled me off the lawn chair like damn dogs just did not like me when i was a kid <laughs> so i was very dog shy so i'm like sandlot evil dog i'm with you i hate right. it like i got chased by a german shepherd one time when <gasps> i was like 10 or 11 my neighbors i was walking to my best friend's house in the morning uh my neighbors let their two german shepherds out by accident they came no. up to me I thought they were nice so I went to go pet him and he snapped at me <gasps> so I ran across the street ended up getting uh, stuck between uh, that German Shepherd that chased me and then two other dogs on the other side of the fence oh Jesus it's, yeah the only only bad interaction I've had with dogs but yeah. I'm, I'm much better with dogs now I'm still not like a dog person but I don't like literally like run in fear when I see a dog yeah yeah um so they decided to do a camp out in the sandlot and Johnny is like, I am... Sc- oh, Scotty. That's his name. I finally wrote it down. He's Scotty's little brother. And he's like, mm-hmm. Hercules, the dog from the first movie, he died. But the great fear still reigns. So Hercules had puppies, but one was different. And like, literally, there's all these little brown puppies and just one black puppy. Yeah. I'm like, really? Okay. He's the great fear. <laughs> um, and he tried to dig out of the junkyard, but he just got mean because he could never get out. And then a six-year-old who was really fast. Who do we know who's really fast? Danny? Do we know anyone in this movie who they've mentioned is really fast? David. <gasps> what? Dun, dun, dun. Do you think David could be the kid in this story? I think, I think so. he may be. I think so. They kind of, t- like, let it be a surprise. Yeah. Well, even, and even then, like, the minute you see, like, that he's bit, like, oh. Yeah. Like, he's probably going to be the one to go over. I wish they had kind of let this be a mystery but they're like well there's david david who's fast david who doesn't like dogs who is fast david who doesn't like dogs who is fast who got bit who is fast who doesn't like dogs i'm like yeah i get it thank you (gasps) what he's the kid i know like let me be surprised by that um so the gate wasn't locked and the dog got out and he chased down the kid uh some say he got eaten some say he got bit and he turned into a dog you know just all the childhood stories Mm -hmm. But basically, they built this junk wall to keep the dog out, and they call him the Great Fear, and they're like, I don't believe you. You're just a kid. And he's like, oh, yeah? And then he just turns a flashlight on the junk wall, and the shadow happens to look like a skull. And all the kids are like, and he's like, now do you believe me? No. I think this is one part of the movie that I completely missed. There's just a shadow on the wall. Why does that now confirm? What? Like, (laughs) it made no sense. And they keep saying, and it's an insane, mutated, Bigfoot dog thing. They keep saying Bigfoot dog thing. So I guess that's why we were supposed to be scared of the Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Because the dog is a Bigfoot. Oh, from the carnival you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. It it seemed really confused. But it was like, no, no, no. This isn't just a big dog. It's a mutated dog. So be scared. Mm Ha ha. Like, it's still a dog. Um, I'm okay. Um, so that that portion compares to Sandlot One when they're in the cabin and they tell the actual story. They have their s'mores. Right. Yeah. Forever. They should have had some. They should have had some s'mores in this one though. I know. Because the s'mores in the first one, I was like, I want to go have a campfire. Oh my 
God, right? The day I realized I could make s'mores on a stove was the worst day of my life. I'm like, oh no, I can just have these anytime. Yes. Well, as easy as, it, as as easy as they are to make, though, I never think like I'm at the grocery store like, oh yeah, marshmallows. I gotta get those. I'm I'm loud. Like, <laughs> no, my issue is like I'll buy like all the like some more supplies for like a beach trip or something, and uh-huh. you never use them all, and then you're no. like, well, I just have six marshmallows in my cabinet. I can't let them sit there. <laughs> and you come home from a hard day at work, you put your feet up, eat a s'more. That's I different. Have, that is different. I've I never have met, done it before. I've never met anybody who would come home and like snack on a s'more instead of like <laughs> snacking on that. I don't know. It takes dedication <laughs> and a sweet tooth. Um. So the next, the next big thing that happens in the movie is it's Fourth of July and they're gonna buy all these fireworks. Um. And he's gonna turn night into day. Have did you see the episode of Malcolm in the Middle? Uh-uh. Where they buy that? They're they're like in Texas for some reason and they're like. We're going to buy this insane firework. And they set it off. And literally, it goes from night to day. When oh, they like set the it scene off. it really does? Yeah. And then it flashes back. And they're like, that was amazing. Yeah. I can't see anything. Me either. And, like, Just none of be. the boys can, like, see for three days. Um, So they decide it's too hot to play baseball. So they're just going to, you know, hop in Haley's pool. Mm-hmm. Except for David, because he has that big bite mark on his foot, and he has to wear his tall socks, and no one will see. Oh, that's why he didn't get into the pool? Yeah, because you see him, he, like, tugs on his sock, and he's like, swimming is stupid. What a weenie. Goodbye. He should have he just got in the pool. And Haley gets very sad, because she is very clearly in love with him. Um, oh, yeah, she was not enjoying herself, because her man was gone. Yeah, but then Johnny's like, but me, David, and Haley, we were connected. I'm like, you keep saying that, and I keep not seeing why. Yeah. You keep just saying it. And was, so, was Were they in the pool the same on 4th of July? When yeah. They said, okay. Um, I, I, I liked the the 4th of July scene a lot better in the first one. Yeah. It that was a lot more epic. It was very cute. Oh, because when all the kids play baseball by fireworks in the first one, and, like, Benny's trying to actually play, and the other kids are like, no, baseball! Like, and he's like, oh, Oh, and in the first one, they had the slow motion baseball scene. Yeah. And the fireworks going at the same time. So yeah. it really is just like. They're like, it was the one night game of the summer. Yeah. It was like, oh. But this one was just like, uh, like all the kids were just having fun. Yeah. Although I think during the during this part is when the my I think one of the best songs that I heard them include on this movie was, how's it go? Like the spirit is it called Spirit in the Sky? It's spirit, spirit in the, in the sky. sky. Spirit in the Sky. Yeah, that one's dope. Um, but Haley's mom sees her moping, and she's like, "I wanted David to come over, and he didn't come over." And she's like, "A woman needs a man, like a fish needs a bicycle," which I think is a Gloria Steinem quote. And she's like, "Thanks, mom." I'm 12. I just feel devastated. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so Johnny sees the giant rocket in Haley's dad's garage. And he's like, oh, man, that sweet, sweet rocket. I want it. And he's like, oh, if you want, um, we're going to do a test flight on Sunday. You can come. You can help me set it off. And he's like, uh, yeah, so excited. Super excited. Um, and... He sets off his fireworks that night. He's super excited. He's like, I get to set up a rocket tomorrow. So he comes to launch the rocket, but the dad has already left to go to the airport. So he sees literally a 10-foot rocket. Oh, he did not hesitate. He didn't even think twice. He's like, sir, sir, guess it's my rocket. Like, and just hauls out this 10-foot rocket to the center of the sandlot. He wires it up. He, like, wires up. He just knows how to set up this rocket. And he's waiting with the controller in hand for the dad to get back. But he falls asleep. And he sets off the rocket. Yeah, why, I guess, why didn't he wait, right? Like, he could have just waited, but he was so No, he was like, I need to set this thing up. It's such bad CGI when the rocket goes off. 
Oh yeah, and I, you know, I wanted to be pissed about it, but I was like, you know what, it's two thousand five. I don't know if it was like. And the budget yeah. for this movie was. Was it was lower than uh, the first one? Well, it wasn't lower, but you know, I think it was. It was the same, trying <clears throat> to do more things. Yeah. Um. So the, literally, they launched this rocket into orbit. Oh yeah, it I know. Literally goes into orbit. Actually, this part was probably one of the parts where like. It really like got the biggest reaction out of me when I see Johnny like falling asleep, kind of like laying back, and then all of a sudden you see the remote sliding down and it just falls down and lands on and it, it shoots it off. I was like, "Oh my god, you're so fucked! Oh, you're no. so fucked!" <laughs> um, so the Wait, rocket, can, yeah. Can we cuss on this? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. I figured. I, I think you actually cussed earlier. I just wasn't sure. Yeah. No, no, no. This is an R-rated podcast, motherfuckers. <laughs> Um, so Johnny freaks the fuck out. He's losing his mind. And they're like, come on, Haley's dad's going to be on TV. And he's like, oh, yes, this project I'm putting together is going to set us ahead of the Russians by 10 years. Oh it's the God. highest advance. His and heart is sinking. Johnny's just like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. <laughs> um, the rocket comes crashing back to Earth. First of all, you're lucky it came back in the United States. Right. You're lucky it came down in the same state. But it, of course, comes down on the other side of the junk wall into the realm of the great fear. Basically, that was that was uh, Elon Musk's rocket back then. You know, yeah. it could just land where it takes off. Just up <laughs> and down. Just a relandable <laughs> rocket. Oh, not a scratch on it. It's just no, not at all. ready to go. I, when I saw the light, though, like the light flashing while it's, in, while it's in orbit, I was like, wait, so now aliens are on it and they're actually people are actually flying it or what? Like, uh, yeah. I was like, when did that? I don't and know. Also, it, was, it was corny. It was there's no corny. way that if, if this rocket took off, went into orbit and came back down, if Johnny just like, put it back in the garage, it's like, oh, no, the dad will never know it was already launched. Right. You morons. Cool thing about that part, though, is that Everybody has, I think everybody growing up has that moment when just, they like, they oh, fucked up and fuck. did they're like, I'm in so much fucking trouble and yep. I can't, and you go and try and like put back whatever you broke or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> so mine was me and my friend were passing notes in class and I wrote something very mean about another student uh-huh. and my teacher was like, take this note home, your mom has to sign it and then bring it back. I, being the genius that I was, I'm like, I'm going to erase the mean thing I wrote and write a less mean thing. Uh-huh. And so my mom was like, you're grounded for like a week. And I was like, okay, fair enough. But being the little ADD brain that I was, I didn't change the note back. Oh, you did it? When I turned it into the teacher. <laughs> and then I got grounded for a whole summer. Damn, a whole summer? I, I never got grounded growing up. Yeah. I got my phone taken away once. That was it. I got grounded... A lot. There was one time that, like, my mom told me, like, later when I was, you know, an adult and it was funny. And I wasn't allowed to see the Sex and the City movie because I was only, like, 14 or something. Mm-hmm. But, of course, I went and saw it. But now, like, 11-year-olds are watching shit like that on TV. Oh, my God, I know. Fucking ridiculous. I know. And so I went and saw it. And my I told my mom I went to see another movie. And so she pulled up to the movie theater to pick me up. And she called me. She said, where are you? I said, the movie isn't finished yet. She goes, the movie you said you went and saw already finished. You're at Sex and the City, aren't you? And I was like, Yes. And she goes, we were trying so hard not to laugh because my dad was in the car too. But you just got in the car and without speaking, just handed over your iPhone and your iPod uh-huh. and just like didn't speak. And you're like, so a week? And they were like, damn, she grounded herself. Like, yeah, we were you just, said it. I just, they're like, you like punished yourself that day. I think it was the last time we ever had to ground you because you were like, I got it. I know. I get how this works. <laughs> um, So... The kids are going to have to get the rocket back. This is going to be the great 
the great, you know, mission, mission of, of the movie. The movie. Uh, so Mac is in full like ghillie suit. Like I can tell this dad has a this kid has a dad in the military. Oh, I was gonna ask, how did you like how Mac compared to um, Ham? Is it Ham in the original? Hammy, one? yeah. Yeah, I liked. I mean, I liked Ham Ham better. Yeah, I mean, I felt like Ham was like he was the one who had the whole insult battle. He was like a little sass bucket, and like he was funny and he was kind of nice. But this kid was just like, I'm fat, and also kind of a military kid for no reason. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any any kid one to one that I liked their sequel counterpart over their original. No, I can't really. I think the whole cast overall in the first one was just a lot better. Yeah, just yeah. Um, I mean, it's very rare that a sequel is going to be as good as an original, unless it was planned. Yeah. And even then, you know, there's the rare, rare exceptions like Toy Story two, but. Oh, you know what? I don't even think I've seen... There's like three... Is there three story, Toy Stories now? I know. I know. I, I think I've only seen the first two. I know. I know this. I did some big deal, but... Uh, your I'll homework to, is to go home and watch Toy Story to, 1, 2, and 3. watch that one. You know who wrote the first Toy Story movie? Joss Whedon. What? Who wrote the Avengers movies? Oh, okay, never mind. Sorry, Charles. <sighs> I forget that not everyone's... But no, that's why here I'm I'm learning as I'm talking to you about this too. <clears throat> you are. This is all of my friends, by the way, who just we talk like this. No, um. Okay. So, um. So they're like, well, wait, why can't we just go to Mr. Merle and ask for the ball? And they're like, no, because he's a mean old man. I'm like, this is what happened last time. And then he's like, why didn't you just ask me? Guess what, guys? Could have just asked him again. Again. Um. So they send in a little robot gadget to get the ball back, but it gets utterly destroyed. Um, and they're playing angry bull noises for a dog. I wrote. I actually literally wrote that down because I I was like, was that a bull or a cow? Yeah. Like what the hell? But it's like, I'm like, that's not how a dog sounds. <laughs> um, their attempts were definitely not as cool as Sandlot. Oh no, Sandlot too. No, or the original Sandlot. Penny and Jenny send their cat in. I wrote that down too, only because I was like, what the hell is wrong with these girls? Like they're. They're wicked. They were trying to sacrifice a cat. Yeah, they're like, but his claws only come out when he's scared. They're like, exactly. <clears throat> his claws will come out and he'll lift the rocket up. I'm like, oh, you know how a cat can lift a 10-foot yeah. rocket? What? Those girls are fucked up. What the fuck? And so, of course, the cat gets attacked and it comes back up. Naked you know, cat. A naked cat. It explodes into feathers. It doesn't even yeah. explode into fur. Like, you uh, just hear like, and there's white feathers everywhere. Um, would you pref- Would you like, like, would you... Do you like naked cats? They're actually really sweet. My friend has one, and they're very cute. My initial thought of them for a long time was like they're ugly as fuck, and then like now, little by little, I'm like, you know what? They actually look pretty cool. They are, and they're they're actually soft. Like they feel more like like velvet or suede. They don't no, feel never petted naked. So. Um. Okay. So then this mystery blonde kid who's been like popping up in and out the whole movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the weirdo. It's just like, and he's got. He's got a whole necklace full of dog tags. And he's like, I'm the retriever. I had a Frisbee when I was a kid and a dog broke it. So I took that dog's tag and I took my Frisbee back. And now I get things back from dogs and I take the dog tags from them because I'm the retriever. The great fear is my ultimate challenge. Like he has this monologue and he's like, the great fear is my ultimate challenge. Corny. And he's like. Okay, I'm gonna go behind this fence, and no matter what I say, don't let me oh, out. Yeah. 
and they shut it and he goes let me out and they open it he's like what did i say (laughs) and then they do it again and you hear him genuinely getting attacked but this is his exact fear ah get me out guys i mean it it. get me out ah i'm like dude what the hell he could have sounded way more scared are you ready that's the director's son is it yep so he i'm assuming that kid doesn't really act on the regular no. he probably just got in because he was a son so he just made his kid this like i am the retriever i'm this kid in a cool leather jacket man man man, man, man. like no there's no reason for this kid to be in the movie yeah that's why he was awkward too because he had like the, a little bit of a lisp did he it was like i couldn't quite tell what it was but there was something going on with his mouth where like his words came out funky <clears throat> and i'm like why would you cast this kid he sounds weird like and I think he had some kind of a lisp or a speech impediment or something. I'm like, and director's son. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and he gets thrown over the fence by the dog. Like, ten into, feet in the, the air. Pool. Into the pool. He's like, the retriever has retired. I can't do it. <laughs> You're out of luck. Um, and so then, <laughs> this is one of the funnier lines in the sequel. And it's like, Mac had an epiphany. <laughs> I which literally was such wrote a, that down. Read it, read it, you read it. <laughs> And then Mac had an epiphany. And he was like on the bike too. He was on his bike. Which was such a girly word. He didn't like to have a lot of them. (laughs) Epiphany (laughs) is a girly word. A 12 year old boy, yes. Um, So he's basically like, we've been trying to go over the dog. We got to go under the dog. Uh Um, And it's because they drive past a poster for The Great Escape, which is this great 1970s movies where these guys dig out of a prison. Mm -hmm. So it's like, aha. I'll great escape this. I'll dig out from under. It was funny too because when they when they when they're actually doing the digging, he attaches a skateboard to his belly, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Dude, why are you using your skateboard? Like, you can literally crawl through that right now." Like, yep. I don't know. It was it just didn't make sense to me, but no, it was just for like the like cool like yeah, effect. just like the extra extra like um, making their ideas a little bit more like creative, fanciful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then he's in the tunnel. He's like digging up, trying to get the rocket. And the pool starts, like, shaking, like, Jurassic Park style when the T-Rex is walking. She's like, Doom. And, Doom. um, oh, my Doom. God. Uh, who's the deaf? Who's the deaf kid? Is fingers. Like, and Fingers is the one who notices it, but it was he, interesting. Like, he feels the vibration. It's so interesting because deaf people have big, you know, when you lose one of your senses, your other senses get even, even more um, heightened. heightened. So it was really cool that they, I was actually wondering, I was like, did they do that on purpose? Like, make him be the one the to sense him first? Because mm-hmm. he the vibrations and that was really interesting it was cool and so then they um he's got his aluminum bat down there with him and uh-huh. so the the great fear starts attacking him he's trying to beat him off with a bat uh this this bat just gets turned into a ball of like shrapnel yeah twisted metal and he's like i crap my pants and i'm out of here <laughs> you and pants. he turns that around so and there's this, this giant wet stain on his pants i'm like why why did he have to shit his pants? <laughs> it's so unnecessary. That's so embarrassing if that would happen to you when you're little and you shit your pants. Like, what the hell? So dumb. So David, like, shows up and then just leaves without saying anything. And then Johnny and Haley are talking and they're like, well, you know David likes you. And she's like, no? Who told you that? Does he? Really? I like him too. I didn't say that. Like, just the yeah. 12-year-old thing Middle you do. Middle school stuff. Um... So David goes to the store and he gets Nikes. I'm like, mm-mm, PF Flyers forever. <clears throat> P- I, I went and like got my Sarah Perry. This is probably just a promotional thing. Yeah, it was entirely a promotional thing. And they're ugly shoes. Yeah, I didn't know. They're really, ugly the, the P- shoes. The PF Flyers were almost like Converse. Yeah. Right? They were kind of like Chucks. 
So he takes off this pair of gorgeous all black PF flyers and puts on these ugly ass all white Nikes. I'm like, ew. Yeah. Although th- during this part, you know, my favorite line of the of the movie was when they're. Did you know that Nike was inspired by like the was tied to the Greeks like the name? Mm-hmm. So I had no idea. Oh. I just thought like Nike was just like made up. Yeah, Nike is a goddess. But she like inspired a bunch of these great warriors to like fight for it and everything. I don't know. That yeah. was really cool. Um, oh, so one thing we forgot to mention. So the kid who got attacked by the great fear loved some superhero who wore a red cape. Anyway, so we see him pull this childhood cape out of like his like toy chest and like tuck it in his back pocket. It's like, <gasps> he was the kid? Yeah, he was the kid. Yeah. Um, and so Haley's like, you're the kid from the story. And he's like, I am. And she goes, David, just do it. I, I was like, no. No! You don't get to throw in a Nike tagline. That's like on a 10-10 corny scale right there. Oh like my it. god, it was so bad. It didn't even make that, sense. That whole scene, like the way Benny made it, where he's like, no, Smalls, I gotta do this. Like it was just way more like intense. And the way he went about it, he's he's just like, yeah, I, I gotta go. And I was just... I've got to do this. I'm There's like, just so many times why? during this movie that I was just like, oh my god, it's so corny so corny so he hops the fence and he jumps down there and he sees the dog is a dog Mm -hmm. it's just a dog it's always been a dog it was always going to be a dog um and so he pulls out his cape and he like waves it like a bullfighter and the dog makes more bull noises i'm like is this why the dog made bull noises and he drops the cape over the dog he goes charging for the rocket he hooks the cable on the rocket and then he's like go 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 he jumps back over the fence and the dog comes over the fence too oh that's looks that that's familiar and then they start playing taking care of business is that what is that what yeah, they're playing taking care of business every day <laughs> okay and this is such a dumb weird line but in the original when when benny is running with the dog the kid is like oh look at dog and then like the dog like knocks over the side and he goes ooh a big doggy and it makes me laugh so in this one this kid goes ooh look at doggy oh that's a horsey and I was like oh yeah 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 thank you for giving me that little kid knock over a bunch of people still so they're running through town they're making all this trouble um he rides the junkyard he jumps on his bike he goes off a ramp it's just all this shit the dog keeps chasing him he runs back to the sand lot Mm -hmm. and they knock down the whole junk wall just like the original um, but David falls in a hole in the hole that they initially oh, dug yeah. and he gets buried, which I'm like, oh, this is dark. And they're like, oh man, he's going to die. He's going to, you know, he can't breathe. And the dog, the dog digs him out because the dog only wanted to do was dig. Oh, and I can't believe Mr. It was, I like, I really like that Mr. Myrtle is still living there. Yep. I was like, James Earl Jones. I can't believe James Earl Jones is still alive sometimes. It makes me happy. Oh, oh, so David, David, who had this great fear of dogs, finds out the name of the dog is Goliath. And in case you missed the David, story, Goliath, David, in Goliath. case you missed the story, Macklin's number goes, David and Goliath like the story. I'm like, thank you, Ham. Thank you, Mac. How much more cheesy do you want to get? Like, in case they didn't get it. like They get it now. Goliath <laughs> killed these. I just wrote in like inch yeah. high letters in my notes kill me um so mr merle is 
still at the house. Although he like, wasn't, he was not as excited to see David and Johnny as he was when he saw Benny no. and uh, Scotty. Yeah, because he's like, no one could play baseball like those kids. I'm like, true. Um, that's the one thing that I do like is they're like, no, no, no. The original Sandlot kids played motherfucking baseball. These kids play. These kids, they can't hang. No. So he's like, oh, I hated it. They told me all these crazy stories about me and missing dogs, eating kids. and You could have just knocked on my door. You could have just knocked on my door. And they're all like, damn it. I'm like, always just knock on the door. Always. Just yeah. knock on the door. I don't think middle kids in middle school know that, though. No. They're afraid. Nope. And so he says he'll clean up the junk wall if they walk the dog twice a week and he can listen to them play baseball. I'm like, aww. And he's like, and no more fence. So these kids won't make up all these crazy stories about yeah. me. I'm like, this man was like trying to kill a third sequel before it happened and it didn't work. Yeah, I was just going to say, so in you said you, oh no, you saw the trailer, right? So in the in the trailer, or in, for the third one, is there a fence still? So in the trailer, here's what happened. So it's like an adult, like major league baseball player and he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you know who I am? I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm the greatest baseball player in the world. And he gets hit in the head with a pitch. And it's like, sometimes to figure out where you're going, you got to remember where you started. And the kid wakes up in the 1960s in his teenage body the summer he played at the Sandlot. What the heck? Yeah. So it's a time travel movie that technically takes place between the first and second movie. Interesting. And that's all I watched. I'm like, no, no, no. This yeah. is stupid. Um, but uh, apparently from now on, from 1979 or 1972 on, these kids are gonna, the kids and the dog and the junk man will live in harmony. They'll all just play. Right. Um, so Haley and David kiss and then they hold hands. Um, her dad never finds out about the rocket launch. And it turns out the project he was talking about was the blueprints, not the model. Duh. Uh, okay, there we go. Ha ha ha. Goliath had uh, five puppies, and Mr. Merle kept three of them, and Penny and Jenny each took one. And was, do, do they do a do they do like a you know how in oh previous yeah everyone fades out and they tell their stories of where everyone went they do and it, it pissed me off because it was like um. Mac joined the army, got a purple heart, and then joined the Peace Corps. Sally um, and Fingers created a, a record label called Death Jam. True story? No. It was not created by two white kids in the suburbs. <laughs> and then, and then it's the most fuck you line in the world. It's like, Penny and Jenny... Um, never did anything more remarkable than the most difficult thing on earth. They raised three kids and lived happily ever after. I'm like, go fuck yourself, movie. What kind of line is that? Um, Fingers invented uh, a line of bubblegum called Kissing Booth Bubblegum. Makes sense. Tark was abducted by aliens. That... Just... uh, Yeah. And Haley became... A supermodel and a pitcher for the Olympic softball team. And she won two gold medals. Uh, David. Um, they date Haley and David dated through high school and then they broke up. And then after college, they met again 
and Haley proposed to him. No way, really? Yeah. <laughs> did you not watch the end of the movie? I did. I just missed that part. Yeah, it was like, well, David couldn't talk the first time he talked to Haley. He was like, uh, uh, and she's like, you're supposed to say hi, dummy. So when they met up again after college, he was like, uh, uh, she goes, you're supposed to say, will you marry me, dummy? So she essentially proposed to herself. Oh, wow. Um, Johnny worked at Jet Propulsion Labs. Uh, he got to work with rockets for the rest of his life. Oh, so when when David switches from the PF Flyers to the Nikes, he throws his gorgeous black Nikes over a telephone wire, and they're all they're black. There, and he's like, the PF Flyers hung for a long time, and you see them like crossfade into perfectly white bleach sneakers. I'm like, that's not how it works. They wouldn't bleach perfectly white. And he's like, they hung there for a long time until someone found them. But that's another story. I'm like, you are real confident. You were going to get Sandlot 3, weren't you? <laughs> Which happened two years later, to be fair. Probably. And that's yeah. the end of the movie. <clears throat> I mean, overall, I think the way I, the way I would describe Sandlot 1 over Sandlot 2 is Sandlot 1, to me, was just graceful. It was. It was just graceful overall. Like, the acting, the, the music... The story it's, flowed. It's, just, it's such a classic movie, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's always it's always tough to, to follow those up with sequels and, and not disappoint. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so do you have your uh, quotes from the original that are your favorites and your quotes from the sequel? Oh, you know what? Yeah. Get them for you right now, actually. Um. So okay, in watching the first movie, Benny is literally the best. Yeah. He's the sweetest He's kid. He's like, hey, I see you, lonely kid. Come play he, baseball he with him. He, like, leads the pack. He you need a glove? Here's a glove. You need some pointer? Here's a pointer. You want an easy catch? Here you go. Don't wear those clothes. You look like a dork. You want a new hat? Here's a new... I'm like, you're a good kid, Benny. Okay, so from the original, uh, he's an L7 weenie. weenie. Benny, man, the kid is a L7 weenie. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Mayer, even. Footlong. Dodger dog. Uh, you're killing me, Smalls. That one was good. The whole s'more scene. S'more what? Okay. No, 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 you want a s'more. Okay. I haven't had anything yet, so how can I have some more of nothing? Shut up! You're killing me, Smalls. These are s'more stuff. Okay, pay attention. First, you take the gram. You stick the chocolate on the gram. Then you roast the mallow. No, it's my sleeping bag. When the mallow's flaming, you stick it on the chocolate. Then you cover it with the other end. Yeah, me too. Then you scuff it. The whole s'more scene was good as well. Yeah. I really liked uh, when Benny has a dream and, and Babe Ruth says, Remember, kid. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid. You never go wrong. Never die. Which is a line in a Panic at the Disco song now. No way. Um, yeah, I think it's um, Death of a Bachelor, and it's like, you know heroes get remembered, but I know legends never die. I'm like, what is that from? That's like, <laughs> oh, that's from the Sandlot. Damn. Um... And then my quote from the sequel would have to be, uh, Mac had an epiphany. The great fear was, we thought, clearly aided by some evil force from beyond. In other words, we were out of ideas, and I was dead meat. 
Until Mac had an epiphany, which, since it was such a girly word, he didn't have many of. But this time, it was really important. And then, um, probably just the whole monologue that the mom gives about being a feminist to her 11-year-old daughter just... I thought he'd like me. What's the matter with me? Oh, Tiger, there was absolutely nothing wrong with you. You were perfect. You just remember this. A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Hmm? Oh, great. Thanks, Mom. Anytime, big guy. Mine, I, I brought it up earlier, but I got a, a, this to me because I didn't think to research what Nike, came, what, what, like how the name originated, but Nike was the winged goddess of victory in Greek mythology. She sat at the side of Zeus, the ruler of Olympus. She inspired the most courageous and chivalrous warriors at the dawn of civilization. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty badass. Yep. You know what would have like made this movie like, I mean, not it wouldn't have fixed it, but it would have been great, is if Haley was the one to go over the fence. <laughs> since she proposed today to, to yeah to like she puts on the nike sneakers because nike is a great goddess it, huh? yeah that's and true. she's just like fuck you i'll get it um but he had to have his whole catharsis with the dog just do it so i forgot to do this last episode and i'm not gonna forget it this time it's the stupid sequels drinking game what is it well you get a bottle of vodka no i'm not oh, okay i was like <laughs> the, i i had a very long weekend already your eyes I was like, uh, I mean, the peer pressure is going to be there. So we're going to create a drinking game uh, for when you're watching this movie. And we'll go back and forth with rules. Um, So, for instance, every time they play a cartoon sound effect noise. Drink. Drink. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Every time there is a corny transition into a new scene. Drink. Every time a scene is a carbon copy of one from the original. Drink. Um, ooh, ooh, hold up. Let me think, let me think. You you go you go again. I want to think. Okay. Uh, every time the music doesn't fit the scene, but it's just a good 70s song. You're drinking at least six Drink. times there. At yep. least six times there. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime. Oh, let's just do really, really easy. Every time they fail. Every time they fail at getting the getting the shit back. That's a good four shots right there. Boom. I'm just trying to help you guys get drunk now. And, of course, our final rule. Drink every time you want to turn the movie off, and then do, because you don't have to watch this movie. Um, all right, Danny, where can people find you online? Um, you guys can follow me at Snacks for Danny. Um, that's basically it. That, that's, my, that's my Instagram and my, my Twitter if you want to follow my tweets. All right, this episode was stuff. three months in the making. Yeah, I know. Six I'm attempts. Finally, fi- I'm re- finally made it here, so I'm glad Finally you did it. Uh, thank you for making it. Um, and to all of my followers, I have something so big in the works. You guys are going to lose your mind. I cannot share details right now because it's still early, early stages. But oh my God, when this happens, oh my God, guys, you're going to lose it. Um, some other news, we're going to start repeating some guests from our first year. Um, so people who are eager to come back, eager to come back. Uh, Rebecca, Jessica, Francis, all will be coming back. Alex is coming back. Um, and so follow us online everywhere and follow me online. And until next month, Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Stupid Sequels podcast. Please subscribe and review so everyone can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at Stupid Sequels 2 or email us at stupidsequelspodcast at gmail.com. Every episode is made possible by our sound engineer, Francis Cacod. Our logo was designed by Nicole Wiseman at Wiseshots. And you can find me online at Callie Blair on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else. And remember, even though these movies are stupid, deep down... We really love them.